I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Richard Schwartzstein, a professor of medicine and medical education at Harvard Medical School, director of the HMS Academy for Teaching Excellence and Educational Innovation, and associate chief of the Division of Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston. We're discussing holistic approaches to medical school admissions. Dr. Schwartzstein, the holistic admissions movement is trying to move beyond undergraduate grades and MCAT scores to broaden the evaluation of applicants' suitability for medical school and for careers as physicians. What were the problems with medical school classes that the movement was responding to? I think there are two issues they were trying to address. One was diversity, which we all recognized our physician workforce did not adequately represent the range of patients that we take care of. And the second was whether we were having problems with humanistic skills uh, in our physician workforce. I actually thought that was perhaps a little bit of a straw man hypothesis that was put out there in some ways, in that uh, the distinction was often made between the smart candidate who was not good at humanistic skills or communication uh, issues and, and the like, uh, versus the person maybe who wasn't quite as smart by grades or MCAT exams, but therefore was a better humanist. And, and of course, you can get all kinds of mixes of, of those two skill sets, uh, being sort of uh, intellectually very sharp uh, and also perhaps uh, humanistic at the same time. Uh, nonetheless, that was uh, part of what was felt was that our traditional methods of selecting candidates based on academic credentials alone might perhaps be uh, weeding out some people who would have what was often termed uh, adequate or meeting some minimal competency academically, but perhaps quite strong on a humanistic uh, level. So to return for a moment to the racial and ethnic diversity goal, do you think that the holistic approaches that have been developed are appropriate tools for diversification? The, the holistic approaches tend to focus on often non-traditional students, uh, uh, and a number of our minority students will fit into that category. They've come to medicine by a somewhat different route. Or they're socioeconomically disadvantaged in a way that uh, they don't have the same supports early on in their education, and therefore their academic credentials uh, don't hold up as well. So I think to the degree that uh, many of our underrepresented minorities fit into one or another of those categories, then the holistic approach probably gives us a somewhat better shot at getting those students into medical school. And in terms of intellectual or character traits, what sorts of criteria does a holistic review add to the traditional mix? And then how do admissions committees use those criteria to assess applicants? Well, I think the nature of the holistic process is such that it's probably hard sometimes to uh, enumerate a specific list of criteria. Uh, again, I think we're looking for students, though, who mature a little bit later. Uh, who may be showing an upward trend in their academic prowess uh, because they just became serious students at a later stage in their life, or that they have life experiences, including sometimes careers in the military as EMTs, as a whole range of things, teachers and so forth. Uh, and so they bring a skill set, an interest level, a maturity, uh, a wisdom uh, that perhaps is not seen in the traditional 22-year-old college student who's just gone uh, by the usual route. And so it's, it's a mix of those kinds of characteristics and attributes, but again, not easily quantified uh, in a way that translates to very explicit criteria. You mentioned the other goal of humanism. Can you describe how Harvard Medical School assesses applicants' humanistic qualities and 
whether there is difficulty finding that balance between cognitive skills and humanism. Well, I'm not a member of the admissions committee, so I hesitate to say too much about uh, their process. But I know that they certainly uh, consider their interviews uh, very highly uh, in, in weighing their applicants. Uh, letters of recommendation obviously weigh into this as well to give us a sense of who this person is as an individual. Uh, and then they look at the types of activities. What sorts of things do people do outside of class? Are they literally spending every moment of their day studying, or are these people who, in fact, uh, are quite involved in various associations or societies or help groups or other activities of both in the community as well as in their schools? A number of both U.S. and Canadian medical schools are now using a system of multiple mini-interviews in which applicants are given a description of a clinical situation, perhaps with an ethical dilemma involved, and they have to think on their feet and describe how they'd work through the problem. What are the advantages and disadvantages of that approach as compared with the traditional one-interview admission system? Well, it provides a more structured approach uh, to getting at the issues that we've been talking about uh, and maybe gets a better glimpse into the real person. I mean, the reality is our students are quite adept at figuring out what people want from them, and uh, sometimes they're actually tutored in those ways in various uh, commercial courses and whatnot that they use to prep for medical school. Uh, so that uh, this may really get at what the real person is as opposed to the highly prepared individual who's spent a lot of time trying to practice the ideal interview in a traditional uh, setting. Uh, but I think that as these become more prevalent, as more and more schools perhaps shift to these more highly structured interviews, uh, there probably will become some familiarity with the types of scenarios that are used. Uh, these things have a way of getting out whether you want them to or not. And I imagine that even here there'll be a, a prep industry that will maybe develop over the kinds of scenarios that you'll be exposed to. Uh, when we talked about some of these with respect to the uh, MCAT revision, I was involved with that process with the uh, AAMC. There was also a question about whether this would incent students to take more philosophy courses, perhaps, ethics courses, and so on as undergraduates. Uh, and at some level, you say, well, that would be an opportunity to prep. On the other hand, they're not bad preparation for a physician to have that kind of humanistic background. So if they do nothing other than get people to broaden some of what they might consider appropriate pre-medical uh, curricula uh, offerings, I think that would be a positive thing as well. So with these new approaches, have you seen a noticeable effect on the character of medical school classes, on cohorts of new physicians? Well, we certainly have increased diversity, I think, uh, perhaps not as much as many of us would deem uh, ideal, but we, we've increased diversity. So I think we've done well in many ways with underrepresented minorities through this holistic approach. Again, I, I haven't been so convinced that we were not taking in humanistic students to begin with. Uh, I, I've often challenged that assumption. I think we have to think more about what we do to our students during the course of medical school and residency training that in some ways drums out the humanistic qualities uh, that they enter with. And so when they come out at the other end, is it because we didn't take in humanistic students to begin with? Or we did, but we discouraged that as we went along. Uh, even here at Harvard, when we revised our third year curriculum several years ago uh, to provide a longitudinal experience, we studied this issue and found that the degradation of humanism was uh, limited 
in this new longitudinal curriculum as compared to our traditional curriculum that had preceded it. So I think we really need to think more about how do we sustain the uh, humanism, how we sustain the idealism of our students with which most of them enter medical school. Uh, and at the same time, again, continue to look for some of these non-traditional students and others who can bring a wealth of wisdom uh, to the process uh, as well as pure academic credentials. Despite these new approaches, national rankings of medical schools, like the one by U.S. News and World Report, for example, are still based on grades, test scores. So how are medical schools dealing with the tension between those national rankings and the changes that they're looking for through holistic review? You know, I must say, when I first heard about this question, I, I was skeptical. I couldn't believe the deans were that entrenched with you know, these uh, magazine ratings and whatnot. Uh, but I have been convinced that that is a problem for many of, of them, that they are held to the standard of getting their school into the top, whatever it might be, the top 20 or top 10 or, or whatever they aspire towards. And, and so uh, to the extent that MCAT scores are a part of that uh, mix of criteria that's used by the rating uh, agencies or the magazines, uh, it, it is a factor. By the same token, the deans are under pressure to increase diversity, to do other things with their admission classes. Uh, and and I, I think it's a struggle. I think that, uh, again, my view is we want to have both. I would like to have students who are capable and smart and humanistic and diverse and all at the same time. And that sounds Pollyannish, I'm sure. But the, the issue is to try to identify those characteristics in a range of ways, uh, knowing that some students again, we're, we're late bloomers, that some students, you know, really are, you know, poor test takers at times, and, you know, but do they have other things that make up for it? I will remind people, though, that there are tremendous data that the AAMC has that the MCATs do predict success, at least early on in medical school. So they're not worthless uh, exams, and they are, have gone through a major modification now. So I, I think that we have to recognize that these uh, exams do tell us about students who may or may not struggle. And I think one of the things that we're not doing well enough is saying, well, here we've taken in a student who meets a range of criteria based on holistic admissions, but has perhaps lower MCAT scores. We need to work with that student from the beginning to help ensure that that student is successful in medical school. And there are lots of concerns about labeling people and uh, what's called forward feeding, that people will be predisposed to think poorly of the individual and so forth. And my own experience, at least with faculty, not only at Harvard, but around the country, is I think we're pretty good about looking out for that kind of an effect. And yet we don't support these students as quickly as we should. And they tend to get behind in many cases and then have to struggle, you know, to keep up. So, so I say, yes, we should be doing the holistic approach. But if we have students where we have predictors, perhaps, of uh, difficulties later on, we ought to try to work with them and make sure they're successful as early as possible. And on the other side, you mentioned fostering humanism during medical school. Can you expand on that? What kinds of things can medical schools do to emphasize some of the character traits that uh, they feel will create compassionate and engaged physicians? Well, as I travel around the country, the most prevalent perception that students have of medical school is to use uh, this simile that it's like drinking from a fire hose. So they have this perception that there is this forceful spewing of factual content at them, and they try to get up and sip from the edge of that stream and get knocked over more often than not uh, by dipping a little bit too deeply into it. And there was um, 
a saying once that there are three key things about education, uh, transmitting information, challenging students, and inspiring them. And we've tended to focus too much on the transfer of information. And I think we need as faculty to really emphasize curricula and teaching methods that focus on inspiring our students, reminding them about this really grand profession into which they're entering, uh, and challenging them to be the best that they can be in the whole range of skills and qualities that we want uh, from our physicians. Uh, Adlai Stevenson once said at a graduation at, at Princeton for their uh, undergrads there, you know, before you graduate, remember why you came in the first place. And, and I think that's a nice mantra to try to keep in our minds as we work with our students, that we need to remind them why they came here in the first place on a regular basis. And I think the other part that we have to do is really recognize, reward, and support the faculty who exhibit these capabilities as teachers and make sure that they have a disproportionate amount of contact time with our students so we avoid the negative effects of what's called the hidden curriculum where we have burned out physicians or people that are a little ornery by nature and tend not to espouse those kinds of uh, principles that we want our students to uh, embrace uh, throughout the four years. Thank you, Dr. Schwartzstein.